Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings. My name is Charles T. Hamilton. I am a radio host at Sports 1140 KHTK, the home of the Kings, their flagship station. I also work on every single Kings radio broadcast with the crew. Uh, so I am here to bring you all the Kings news over this last weekend. It was an interesting weekend, back to back against the Warriors and the Lakers. I think both outcomes were what you expected. Uh, we have a lot to get into about these games. De'Aaron Fox stays clutch. Bogey continuing to have a great season uh, for the Kings as a rookie. So let's get into it. Locked on Kings coming up next. You are Locked on Kings. Your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? This is Locked On Kings. As I said, I'm Charles T. Hamilton. Uh, We got a weekend's worth of games to get to, a back-to-back worth of games to get to, and we will do that in just a second. First off, I wanted to send a big shout out to uh, my man, my partner in crime when it comes to this Locked On Kings adventure, Matt George. I uh, recently had throat surgery and he's been covering for me for the last couple weeks. So I just wanted to give him a shout out, let him know I appreciate it. I'm sure he already knows, but I'm um, excited to be back. Couldn't wait to be back because uh, there's a lot lot to get to with this Kings team. A Kings team that is 24 and 24-53. Obviously not what people exactly wanted uh, coming into this season, uh, but I, I, the, the tanking conversation's over. It's been over for a while. Uh, they're out of that number one spot, or vying for that number one uh, spot in the lottery. So it it is what it is. Uh, I know that's just a completely overused cliche, but it's the truth. <laughs> nothing to do. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, for the fans that wanted them to tank, it's too bad. For the fans that don't, you're seeing great effort from these young guys, and there's some positives to come out of it also. And we're going to get to that uh, in just a second. I know I'm a little all over the place, but I also wanted to say, bear with me as I am recovering from this uh, surgery. My voice is still a little little off, but uh, good enough to be here. So, you know, playing hurt. I'm kind of a hero, playing hurt. You know, real gritty, tough, uh, very coachable, uh, every random scouting cliche you can think of. So, you know, playing hurt, playing hurt, but uh, glad to be here. Let's start with the first game of the weekend. It was Saturday night against the Golden State Warriors at G1C. Uh, I know Kings fans were excited for this since uh, they, the Kings owned the, what, the better record so far in head-to-head matchups when they beat them. Uh, they, they had two wins as far as, uh, against one loss against the Warriors. Uh, those two wins did come with the Warriors being depleted, but, hey, you play who's in front of you, and they got those wins. They got them with uh, Steph and KD out one game, and then another game where Steph, KD, and Clay were out, I believe. I think Draymond might have played. But one one trend in the, uh, the second win that the Kings had against the Warriors at Oracle uh, when Draymond was playing was late-game execution. And that's something we've seen from the Kings so far this year, especially some of the young guys, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Bogdan Bogdanovich. I know Scal hit a 
big shot in a game earlier this year too, late in the game. So that's something that Kings fans should be excited about because sometimes it takes longer for that to come for these young guys. Speaking of the Warriors, Steph Curry wasn't hitting these big late game shots until I think his first MVP year, you know, five, six years into the league. So to see that from rookies is really exciting. That's something we'll get into uh, when we start talking about the second game against the Lakers. But back to the first game against the Warriors Saturday night in G1C. It was a pretty exciting game. Solid back and forth early in the game. Uh, Both teams, the Warriors struggled a little bit. They were getting uh, Kevin Durant back and uh, Clay Thompson back. So they had some rust to knock off. But the Kings were playing well. Uh, well, some of them were. <laughs> Scal and Justin Jackson had some some rough spots. Justin Jackson's had a rough go of it the last couple games. Uh, he was 0 for 6 from 3, 2 for 9 from the field in 26 minutes. You obviously want to see a better performance from you know a first-round pick. But again, he's still a rookie. And hopefully these are, there are some things that he can build on moving forward but a rough spot for him. I wanted to talk about Willie Cauley-Stein and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Both of them had solid shooting games, 6 of 10 for Willie, 6 of 11 for uh, De'Aaron. Unfortunately, De'Aaron also went 0 for 2 from 3. That's something that he's going to have to work on in the offseason. It's not impossible to be a great player that can't shoot threes. We see guys like Russell Westbrook, uh, DeMar DeRozan, but it helps. And not only does it help, Personally, for the individual, it helps for the team because we can spread the floor. That opens up the floor for everyone else, obviously, spacing, etc. the way that uh, today's NBA is going. But his mid-range has been on point the last couple games. He's been getting to his spots. That's the one encouraging thing. Uh, well, one of a couple encouraging things about De'Aaron Fox this year, especially that I've noticed, is getting to his spots. He's getting good shots. Uh, he's, you know, lightning quick, as we can all obviously tell. We all have eyes. <laughs> the guy is... A, a speed demon out there. I mean, he's he's Devin Hester, 100 speed and Madden type type stuff. But he's getting to his spot. Some of the shots aren't falling. But again, he's a rookie. I think he's 19 years old. So there's plenty of time for that to come along. And uh, I would just preach patience for Kings fans when it comes to not only De'Aaron, but most of these young guys. Bogey's been great, obviously. 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. Uh, that That is the most encouraging thing for me, personally, because of the way the NBA is played nowadays that Bogdan Bogdanovich is shooting 39% from three as a rookie. Um, I know there's the difference of the fact that he's 25 and he's played professional basketball a lot longer, uh, even though he's overseas. But still, that that is something he can build on. And, you know, when you have guys like Buddy, uh, Buddy Heald and uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Buddy's up around 44%. Bogey's, you know, like I said, at 39, just under 40. Uh, those are two things you can build on. There are teams that would kill to have guys shooting that that percentage. And the Kings team actually shoots a pretty high percentage from three. They just don't shoot a lot of threes. Uh, speaking of Buddy Heald, he also had a solid game, 6 of 11 from the field, 4 of 5 from three. Uh, 29 minutes, and that's something that we talked about, Matt and I have talked about a lot. Uh, we talked about it together when we were doing uh, Locked On and also separately because we both believe that Buddy Heald should be getting a lot more minutes. There's no reason Buddy Heald shouldn't be playing you know, around 30 minutes a game. And uh, we've been seeing that recently, which I think is a positive, very positive uh, uh, development because he should. He's a solid, solid player, one of the best scorers they have on the team, if not the best. Uh, he he just he gets it done, and especially from three. Like I said, that that is the probably the most important uh, trait you can have in the NBA today. And damn it, he has it. <laughs> He's got it like no one else. 
Uh, and if you look at his numbers also, something that's intriguing to me, you know, he's a, a 13 a game, 13 points a game, shooting 44% from three. His minutes have been up and down. It, it's tough to win sixth man of the year on, you know, a 24-win a team. But as far as numbers are concerned, those are those are. I don't want to say six man. He's he should be in the conversation. He probably won't be because of the team he plays for and the record that they have. But he's been great off the bench. I think he's found his role uh, with the Kings and in his career moving forward. I, I think he's a, a a very good six man, and that's where he should be uh, moving forward. But again, who who knows what happens next year? Obviously, he's going to be with the Kings, but. Could could they slide him into the starting lineup to get that shooting in there? But also starting lineup is somewhat overrated because it's not so much about who starts and who doesn't. It's more so about the minutes you get and when you're playing. And if you're playing in crunch time, uh, are you playing 15 minutes or are you playing 30 minutes? So that stuff matters more than starting. But like I said, uh, my, my point I was trying to make here is he's, he's got good six-man numbers, no doubt about it. And one more play I wanted to bring up, uh, because I know Kings fans were pretty excited about it, they loved seeing it, uh, was early in the game, Scalabissier uh, was in the post against Sean Livingston, and Scal threw a little elbow, caught Sean uh, in the face, unintentionally, but uh, as Scal was going to finish the play, after the play was blown dead, as we see all the time, you know, a play gets blown dead, a guy will still try and finish, or, you know, a play gets blown dead, and he'll still put up a three. As he was going to the hoop, Sean grabbed him, kind of threw him down, and Scal got up, fired up, and went after him. And I know Kings fans love seeing that because one of the knocks on Scal is that he's, I don't want to say soft, but too nice. You know, doesn't have that fire in him. And so seeing that was a good sign for uh, people that feel that way. I I don't know. Um, yes and no. I, you know, that's great, but let's... Let's just play better. <laughs> uh, but I know Kings fans enjoyed it. I know some of our announcers enjoyed it too because uh, they, they feel he's missing some of that. But for me, it's just, all right, are, are you good or not? Uh, but I know people enjoyed it. And, uh, and I, you know, look, fire is a good thing. It's a good thing, especially when you can channel it correctly. But, uh, you know, being mad for the sake of being mad, I, I, I don't, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but if it sparks something in him to to get him going, uh, to to maybe be tougher on the court, then then definitely that's a, that's a good thing. So I just wanted to bring that up because I know some Kings fans liked it. And something I need to get into uh, here, I probably should have started with it uh, because it's kind of a downer, uh, but it has a a a positive ending uh, that we found out today and, and yesterday was the play late in the third quarter of uh, Vince Carter. He, he had a kind of a reckless, careless uh, foul on Pat McCaw, who was driving to the hoop. Uh, I know people don't like the word dirty, and so I'll stay away from using the word dirty, but Jerry Reynolds said it yesterday on uh, on the Kings broadcast. It was it was a careless move uh, on Vince Carter's part. I'd, I'd say the same, probably reckless. Um, you could see Steve Kerr. Uh, after it happened, say he knows better, and everyone loves Vince, and I do too. And obviously, there was there is no intent to harm uh, Pat McCaw and what he did, but it was just ill advised. Uh, so Pat McCaw is driving to the hoop on the baseline, goes up for a layup, and Vince kind of undercuts him, and Pat goes down hard on his lower back and tailbone, and he's writhing in pain. And it was a tough, tough scene uh, immediately because you could tell how much pain he was in. 
uh, initially I, I thought, oh man, that, you know, maybe he broke his tailbone or something like that hurts. I think we've all, you know, had a fall on our, on our tailbone and, and felt that pain. And, uh, I can only imagine how bad it felt, but then it, it got real serious when he stopped moving and they had to bring out the stretcher and the, uh, the backboard for him and everything. And he got wheeled out of there and, uh, you know, everyone was, was su supporting, uh, Vince and, and Pat, you know, you could tell Vince was very distraught. Um, Steve Kerr, Kevin Durant, everyone was, you know, trying to console him. I don't think he played again the rest of the game. He had a rough game himself. Um, it was just a, a very tough scene. Luckily, Pat McCaw was released on Sunday. All the tests came back clear. Steve Kerr said him and a couple players went and saw him at Davis uh, Saturday night. And uh, the, the outcome wasn't as clear as it was on Sunday. There was still a lot of concern for Pat on Saturday night. Um, luckily, he's he's all all right for all intents and purposes. He, he's he got a, uh, what is it, a, a, a checkup again in a week uh, to see how he's doing. So he's out for the, for at least a week. Um, but it was scary. It, he, you know, he, he lost feeling in his legs and, and extremities, and luckily it came back, and luckily he's all right. And for Vince also, because I can't imagine uh, if that turned out uh, as bad as it looked initially, just how that would weigh on someone. And I'm sure it still does weigh on, on Vince. So it was... It was a tough scene, but it was also an, uh, a kind of moving, uh, nice scene after the fact. I don't know if nice is the way to put it, but both teams came together and said a prayer uh, for Pat uh, after it happened on the court. And it just put a huge damper on the game um, after that point. The fourth quarter was, was kind of silent. Um, a lot of... I don't know. Just it, it was it was just a, a a terrible scene that you rarely see in basketball. Also, someone getting stretchered out because it's it's basketball. It's not football. You're not getting headshots and backshots and things like that. So uh, glad it turned out the way it did. Pat McCaw actually tweeted out today. Uh, you know he he appreciates all the thoughts and prayers and all the support, and he doesn't blame Vince for any of it, and knows there was no intent. So that that's a good thing. I'm glad it has worked out the way it has for Pat. Uh, just for his for his quality of life, really, um, but also it looks like he'll be able to continue his basketball career. Which honestly, uh, in that that you know, twenty four hours after it happened, who who knew, none of us knew, none of us knew what was going to happen or how it would how it would play out. So glad for him, glad for Vince. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a weird scene and put a, a damper on a uh, pretty solid basketball game. But that became secondary after it happened. So. Yeah, so I just had to get that in there and, and get the update in there that he's all right and, uh, you know, tweeted out good feelings for Vince and it doesn't hold any hard feelings and he shouldn't. Um, I don't think any of us really do. Vince is one of the most beloved, respected players in the league. I, I, I've also brought up, I think Vince Carter is the only one, I can't think of anyone else in any sport that is universally beloved like Vince. Um, I, I really can't. So, good outcome uh, on that. Bad outcome for the Kings. They ended up losing 112-96. to They played the Lakers less than 24 hours later uh, down in L.A. We're going to get to that in just a moment. You are listening to Locked On Kings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. 
Uh, finishing up a little review of this weekend's back-to-back against the Warriors and the Lakers. We just finished up the Warriors game. Uh, Kings lost 112-96. Uh, to I think it was kind of the outcome we all expected, especially with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson back. The Kings did show some fight early, which was uh, a good sign, but couldn't, couldn't hold off the defending champs. Uh, they did go down to L.A. to take on the Lakers at Staples yesterday. Not the most exciting game in the world. Uh, it was very low scoring. Uh, the Lakers were without Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. But, like I said, even with the Warriors wins earlier this year, or wins over the Warriors earlier this year when they were missing people, you play who's in front of you. No, no apologies, no excuses. We have to play. So a win is a win, and it was a pretty solid one uh, for the Kings last night. No one will bogey. Besides bogey, no one really had a great game. Bogey going six for seven from the field, two for two from three. The You guys can tell. You guys have heard me talk about it. Three-point shooting, huge fan of it. I love it. It's the wave of the NBA right now. It's, the, it's literally the most valuable shot in the NBA. I mean... If you need to argue, it's because it's worth three points. So there's no arguing. <laughs> so Bogey being a, a knockout, knockdown three-point shooter in his rookie year is a great sign for the Kings moving forward. Uh, the only problem for me is he goes six for seven. Why is he only taking seven shots in 31 minutes? Uh, only taking two threes in 31 minutes. But that's beside the point. It was a herky-jerky game. Uh, but I would like to see Bogey a little more aggressive, especially when he has it going. Buddy Heald, another guy we talked about uh, uh, earlier about uh, in the Warriors game, who had a great game against the Warriors. Another solid game, 32 minutes from Buddy Heald. I, I feel like I bring it up all the time, and it's probably because I do, but I, I'm really glad to see him starting to get uh, more minutes. Uh, it was something we kind of talked about after the All-Star break Matt and I talked about, was hopefully that this would, would happen moving forward as they kind of realize their place in the standings. Uh, that, you know, the playoffs were kind of out of reach. And it's time to start seeing what you have in some of these younger guys and giving opportunities to some of these younger guys. And that's what we're seeing with Buddy Heald. And I think he's definitely taken advantage. Uh, it was a slog of a game. It was a ton of missed shots. Uh, Justin Jackson, another tough one. One for seven from the field. 0 for three from threes. 0 for nine in the last two games from three. Uh, which is... Concerning because he was supposed to be a shooter coming out of college, but again, he's a rookie. We'll see what happens. A lot of rookies are able to add something to their game uh, in the offseason after their first year, so we'll see what he can add. Uh, same thing with Bud, uh, excuse me, De'Aaron. He went 0 for 3, so I think that's 0 for 5 in his last two games uh, from 3. But again, like I said about De'Aaron in the Warriors game uh, in this last segment, was you don't have to be a knockdown three point shooter to be a. a, a well, geez, to be a superstar, if you look at Russell Westbrook and, and uh, DeMar DeRozan. But it's it's a good trait to have. And he's shooting around 30%. So, again, that's something he can work on in the offseason. Maybe that's something he adds. We've seen guys uh, add it to their game, better percentages, and make them a threat from three. Because that, obviously, like I said, opens the floor. I mean, if you look at a guy like Aaron Gordon, who I, by the way, have started the Aaron Gordon to Sacramento train. It is full steam ahead, uh, restricted free agent this year. But he's he his first three years in the league was a non-factor from three. He's only around 35% right now, but that's respectable. That's something you have to go out and guard, which opens up the floor. And so hopefully that's something that a guy like Darren Fox can add over the next season or two. Uh, same thing with Justin Jackson. Uh, it was a 
tough game. Nigel Hayes, the newest signee to the Sacramento Kings. He got some run. He got some run. And uh, I'll tell you what, he, he went one for seven from uh, the floor, one for four from three. He got 22 minutes. I'll tell you what, the guy's not bashful. He's going to get him up. And there's something to be said for that. Uh, it can be a detriment if it's something that continues uh, to where he's missing a bunch of shots and continuing to take them. But there's something to be said for a guy who's not afraid. Not afraid to put up shots, not afraid of the moment. And that's Nigel Hayes. At least that's what we saw in uh, his uh, his first game with the Kings. He did knock down 1-3. Jakar got some minutes. As you know, I'm a, I'm a Jakar fan. Um, but understandably so. There's things we don't know and don't understand. Uh, you know, we've seen Jaeger get on him during games. So there's probably missed assignments. He, you know, who knows? Who knows? I'm sure they do, and I don't. But I still like Jakar. I think he's a solid player. And think he has a future on this team, hopefully. Uh, but let's get into the, the best parts of the game because it was, whew, it was a slog, man. It was not pretty. Uh, but towards the end of the game, it, uh, it was close. It was a one-point game, I think, throughout like the last five minutes. And Buddy Heald, that's when Buddy Heald came on, was late in the game. He had a dunk to, I believe, put him up to towards the end. A great steal from Willie Cauley-Stein and a great outlet pass that you know, some of these outlet passes make you nervous because they're, it's tough to get the right touch on them. You can t- fire that thing out of bounds 94 feet, but he led Buddy Heald perfectly. Buddy Heald throws it down. It was pretty funny. Willie Cauley-Stein, after, uh, after the game, was asked about it and asked about the pass. He's like, no, I knew he'd get to the pass. There's, you know, that was no question. I didn't know he was going to throw down a dunk, though. That's not Buddy Heald's game, but he sure did. And uh, one thing that has been a major positive for De'Aaron Fox and Bogey and I think Scal hit a big one earlier this year too is when it comes down to crunch time late in the game these guys aren't afraid uh they may have some rough games they may go uh you know six of 18 or whatever it is for a guy like uh De'Aaron Fox yeah six of 18 oh for three from three but when it comes down to the last minute he's not afraid of the moment and we've seen him knock down a bunch of big time shots uh in when I think it's four or five Uh, As far as I can remember, maybe that's completely wrong. Maybe it's four or five for the team. But either way, these guys aren't afraid. And De'Aaron Fox, he's he's got a knack. I mean, I I I hate the term clutch gene, but he gets he's been able to get it done late in games, and that's something Kings fans should be very excited about. Uh, Bogey, what what else can you say about Bogey? The guy's a stud. Uh, Very intrigued by him moving forward. I, I think he is one of the guy the guy on this team that I feel comfortable saying he'll be on this team in five years. Um, whether that's as the second best, third best player on the team, maybe the best, um, depending on how he, he progresses. Uh, he's hit some big shots. I know he hit one over Draymond Green for the win uh, against uh, the Warriors, uh, the second win against the Warriors, I believe, at Oracle. So that is something that these uh, that Kings fans should be very excited about, especially with these young guys. Uh, something that I wanted to bring up real quick before we uh, – go to break and then wrap this thing up is some of these young guys, man, they're getting minutes and it's something I wanted to see. I mean, even Jack Cooley got 16 minutes, the cooler. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's interesting. Uh, he had eight boards in 16 minutes, which is, that's what he's there for. I think he, I think he's proven to have a, a, a shot at continuing to play in the NBA. I don't know if it's with the Kings, but from summer league legend to, two-way contract to, you know, maybe a guaranteed contract next year. I know it won't be big money, but 
I think he's proven that he can he can be effective at the very least a rebounder, which is uh, something that, that's kind of a lost art in today's NBA. Uh, Nigel Hayes got 22 minutes, a guy they just signed, Jakar Sampson. Uh, we haven't seen Zach Randolph in a while. Costa Kufus had two straight DMPs. Uh, Bruno, Bruno Caboclo, uh, I think, got 22 minutes against the Warriors, knocked down a three. Uh, he's a guy that obviously his size is intriguing. He's got some other things to work on. But it's been interesting to watch these young guys get after it uh, ever since the All-Star break's been over, and especially the last couple weeks. I know there's some injuries with, with guys like Garrett Temple and things like that, but uh, I, I, even if Garrett Temple was healthy, I don't know if that would change much. Uh, you know, Frank Mason getting minutes. Vince Carter's still getting minutes. It's pretty funny. The oldest guy on the team is still getting run, but he's he's able to help. So it was a okay weekend for the Kings. I think the outcomes are what we expected, especially with the Lakers without Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. It was a rock fight, but the Kings were able to get the win 84 to 83. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, preview uh, Kings game next game on Tuesday against the Pelicans. And you are listening to Locked On Kings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton, and I could not have been more wrong about their next game. They're actually playing the Suns on Tuesday. The Kings are taking on the Suns in Phoenix. Uh, I will not go as far as my co-host, Matt George, has before to guarantee a win, especially because some of these young Kings, or excuse me, young Suns players are uh, starting to play well, putting up good numbers like Tyler Eulis. Josh Jackson's had some solid games. Uh, Marquise Chris has even put together some some good games. So it could it should be a good one. Uh, that that's the thing is even though these teams aren't great, it's still NBA basketball and it's still a lot of pros going against each other. So even though Devin Booker won't be playing and he's been held out pretty much the second half of the year as the Suns are looking to. Uh, lock up that high draft pick. I think they're uh, tied with Memphis as far as uh, odds go for that number one pick. So that that is one I'll be interested in watching. We might get some good hoops out of it. Uh, or we might get another rock fight. But either way, the Kings have some, I don't want to say things to play for, but even in that rock fight against the Lakers, there were things that you could glean from uh, from their performance that, that are positive for the future. Uh, so we will get into a much deeper dive on that tomorrow. Uh, some other things going on. Don't want to spoil it for you. But uh, thank you for listening to Locked on Kings. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Come on back tomorrow. Thank you for listening. I'm happy to be back after my hiatus. And uh, I hope you guys are happy to have me back. If not, too bad. Because I'm going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> so thanks for listening to Locked on Kings on the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.